Yossing World's Road to the Cup coverage is in association with Southern Spas and Future Fibers. Hello and welcome back to our podcast series on the brand new America's Cup boat, the AC-75. I'm Mark Chisnell and I'm here with Ben Ainsley, four-time Olympic champion, America's Cup winner and team principal and skipper of INEOS Team UK. We're going to continue our conversation about the AC-75, the boat that will be used in the next Cup match in Auckland in 2021. And hopefully on the way we can explain some of the technical and design challenges facing the teams that are building and sailing these boats. So, let's get straight into it. Ben, we talked in the last podcast about the hydrofoils and this time around we're going to talk about the aerofoils. In particular, the soft wing sail that the AC-75 rule has introduced. The basics are that the mast is 26.5 metres tall, it's stepped on a ball so that it rotates. There's a single set of spreaders and running backstays. The new part really is this concept of a soft wing sail. Can you tell us a little bit about how that works? Yeah, so the AC-75 class has a double-sided um, soft mainsail and each of those two skins as we are defining them are attached to uh, the back edges of a desection wing mast and really so that that's worth looking at the mast as a one design section that we've had to build to the rule and that designs the mast surface uh, the minimum laminate and the construction and the rule actually says a minimum. So you can, teams can add to that if they want to stiffen or strengthen their mast sections. And it's also worth mentioning that the rigging supplied. Um, so we haven't really had anything to do with that. Um, but there are rules defining the details of the mast fitting, the spreaders and, and bits and pieces like that. And we can have up to six full length battens and another six batten shorter than one meter um, to finish, finish the leech profile and those are rules saying that they can't be inflatable or hinged and and you know clever ideas like that i guess that's right so i mean there are strong one design elements to this rule but there are also some pretty open areas in particular the masts upper and lower sections as they're described can you tell us what those are all, all about yeah so the class royal identifies two areas one at the top and one of the bottom of the mast, um, the, the upper mast and, and lower mast zones. And these areas, the teams are allowed to redo, develop whatever systems um, they think are gonna control the sail the best. And, and that's obviously gonna be quite critical in getting those right sail profiles uh, to maximize performance. So it's kind of unusual to allow open up uh, an area of the rig um, completely when the rest of it's so one design so can you give us some idea what you think thinking is behind that yeah i i think the the focus really or the intent in the in the rules is to allow the teams the ability uh looking at the bottom section of the sail to um to have the mainsail sweeping across the deck to create uh, an effective end plate if you like and that has massive um aerodynamic advantages and the, and the designers are really pushing and, and looking for that as much as possible so that's one side of it and then at the top of the rig uh, twist as we saw in the last cup uh, particularly with the kiwis uh, twist was becoming a really effective power control and so opening up the top of the rig here in this class of boat allows again that control of, of that twist and then it's really a balance of twist control over over traveler control 
And again, having that openness in the rules so you can control both effectively and then it's really down to the teams to decide which one they think is more effective in terms of uh, roll control and the right sail shapes to to give you control of the boat uh, but also you know obviously the greatest straight line performance so just to give people listening some idea of what we're talking about here what size are these areas the mast upper zone and the mast lower zone well the mast upper zone is the top four meters of a 26 and a half meter tall mast so it's pretty big and leaves um, plenty, plenty of options open and the mast lower zone is, is much smaller just one and a half meters up from the mast rotation point which is uh, yeah, effectively the mast ball on the deck. So if the pictures we've seen so far from the other test boats and the pictures that are emerging or will emerge of the two uh, three other boats that will be launched if those pictures are anything to go by a lot of the key engineering in these areas will be hidden. Mm. Yeah, 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 we will. And, uh, you know, it's going to be fascinating, you know, how that develops over the, over the next 18 months. And you're right, the teams are wanting to hide these control systems. And, you know, each competitor is trying to look at, it, at, his, uh, at the other teams and, and work out quite how they're achieving the control and the sail shapes and, and so on whilst, whilst developing their own systems. So it's a, it's a really key part of the America's Cup development and a fascinating one to to keep an eye on as this game moves forward. So uh, just to, to broaden the picture out again from a sailor's point of view, can you, can you tell us anything about what you think the engineering, the mainsail control systems will be largely trying to achieve in this cup? Yeah, well, I mean, in many ways, it's, it's familiar to any racing sailor, really, in any, any class of boat. You've got your normal control, such as Cunningham and Outhaul, main sheet and traveller. Um, but these are on this class of boats much more com- complex into you know, how that is a- achieved, um, taking efficiency as, as a key driver, you know, with the, with the crew on the boat, uh, controlling the crew power on the boat, controlling the sails, so efficiency is a big one. Um, obviously the aerodynamics, having a lot of these control systems hidden within the rig and the, both the mast and the mainsail. So, I, you know, that's going to be a big driver and then you know once you've got those systems worked out it's what sail shape are you looking for and as we talked about are you are you really achieving the roll moment of the boat uh, the consistency in that are you achieving that through traveler or through twist or through a bit of both and uh, yeah that will be each team will really develop that as they, as they come through to uh, what they think has given them the best overall performance all right so I guess we should have a word about the head sails. They tend to forget them because the the new thing, shiny, the new shiny object here is the is the double skin mainsail. But um, we should have a word about the head sails before we finish. The rule does allow both a jib and a code zero. Um, there's a lot of talk about the crossover for those uh, points, those two sails. Do you think we'll see both sails used in anger by the time we get to the cup match? Well, it's really interesting because when this class of boat was <coughs> proposed. Uh, Mr. Bertelli, uh, the the principal of the uh, Lunarosa team, who was obviously pivotal in 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 developing this class and this concept, you know, talked a lot about teams having to use a code zero uh, sail in, in at some point in the in the racing and wanting to get back to more, I guess, traditional racing as we know it and having more sail changes and so on, but. Mm, yeah, as we're as we're moving forward through this, that's you know, it's really yet to be decided. I think just uh, how 
prevalent those kind of sails will be and a lot obviously will depend on the on the course sizes and the wind conditions that we'll get out in New Zealand um, so I, I imagine all of the teams are looking at that as an option you know as we are and your your sail cards are really quite a quite a number of sail cards um, for this class of boat so I don't see that being a limiting factor in in um, how teams develop their, their headsails and it's uh, you know then comes down to you know how effective would that sail be in a certain wind condition how will it help you in your handling um, in terms of your maneuvering of the boat but then how do you how do you handle that sail how do you hoist it drop it trim it and uh, all of that obviously is going to take power and whilst you're going through that hoisting and dropping process you're going to be losing uh, power in terms of um, guys on the handles trimming the sails and uh, you know sailing the boat more at its, at its optimum performance so they're all again they're all interesting trade-offs that the teams have got to go through and work out as they start sailing the, their first generation of this new class of boat. Yes and you know I know we spent an enormous amount of time here thinking and talking about this and running models on simulators but at the end of the day the rubber hits the road when the boats go sailing and that's when we really find out how practical what we planned is so it's going to be an interesting time yeah it's going to be fascinating uh, we've already seen as these boats are coming on the water very different concepts in terms of hull shapes and and already in 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 sail concepts and control systems and and so on so as a purist it's it really is uh, such an interesting time um as uh, you know from a team's perspective it's uh, in some ways it's a little bit nerve-wracking because you're you're looking at what uh, what you've developed and the, and and the, the options ahead, uh, weighing it up against what the opposition are doing, and uh, you know trying to trying to figure out should you be looking at something else? Have you have you sort of weighed up the uh, weighed up all the options correctly? And uh, and and of course we spend a lot of time monitoring, observing the other teams uh, to learn from them as much as we're developing ourselves and. You know, that's that's part of the game really and uh, so it's it's a really really interesting time I think from now on in, until the cup you'll see a lot of development through all of the teams and and frankly it'll be the team that develops the fastest that will probably come out on top that's great thanks very much Ben that's uh, we'll wrap that up here for this week or this month and uh, so if you've got a question for Ben about the AC75 um, please do get on any of the team's social media channels and let us know um, make sure you use the hashtag AC75podcast. And uh, that's all for this month. We'll see you back here soon.